Welcome to today's episode of Empowered, a perfectionist guide to imperfection, hosted by me, Miranda Lee. It's time to take back control of our lives, and it's time to write our own story. Remember, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Let's dive in. All right. Hi, Jess. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, it's so good to see you. So how about you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Okay. Uh, I'm Jessica. I am a recovering people pleaser, codependent, perfectionist. <laughs> I like to I like to say I'm in recovery because I am working and it's a constant work in progress. Um, but by day, I am a paralegal for a litigation firm downtown, San Diego, um, which basically means that I do all the background scene in a legal case. I help my attorney set up the case. Um, which is very good for a type A personality like me and control of the case. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing that for about 10 years. Um, I, I love it. It wasn't what I went to school for, but I love it. Wait, what did you go to school for? I have my bachelor's degree in journalism. So I'm really excited that you're doing this because it's like right up my alley. And I might be picking your brain about how to do this for me in the future. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. All right. So you recently went through a divorce. I know it was a shock for everyone. Was it a shock for you too? You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, And looking back, um, and this is, this is so funny because I was thinking about this on my ride home and I really feel like as a perfectionist, I was like, oh, you know, you fell into the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Um, but anyway, so yes, at the end of the day, yes, it was a shock. I never, I don't think anyone imagines that their marriage is going to end. So yeah, that was a shock. How did, like, how did you process it? Process all your emotions? How did you cope with it? Because I'm sure it was, there you have shock, you have sadness, you have anger, you, there's so many emotions. Just what did you do? Yeah, um, definitely you have to recognize the ending of a marriage or a divorce or separation. You have to recognize that as a loss and treat that as any kind of other loss as if someone died or, you know, um, it's grief. You have to go through the stages of grief. And definitely I went through, I mean, I, our divorce was final in December, but we separated um, the November before that. So technically I've been on my own for over a year now and it's taken me and I'm still working through it, but it's taken me this long to finally feel like myself again and finally remember who I am. Um, but yeah, definitely I went through all the stages for sure. Denial, you know, denial, anger, and just you know sadness and it comes in waves and that's the hard thing that you have to remember is to manage the waves and the waves do get manageable um there was a a, a graphic that i saw in you know in researching um in researching this there was a graphic that i saw of a guy that had drew, drawn a box and inside the box was a circle 
And he said, some days the circle is really big and it's touching all of the box, the whole box, right? The whole box is full of circle. And some days it's small and you don't notice it as much. Um, and I kind of think that is a really good representation of grief. And, um, you know, some days you just like, it's all you can think about and it's overwhelming and your box is full. And some days it's just this tiny little bouncy ball in the corner and you're like, oh yeah, that's there. Um, I definitely think for me now, there's more days uh, where it's a small ball in the corner. Um, but that was a rough, rough six months. Um, actually, the first thing I did um, uh, when I was started, when we separated, the first thing I did was go to therapy. I got a therapist. I made sure I took care of my mental health because your mind is just like any other part of your body. You need to prioritize that. You need to, if you're sick in your stomach, you go to a doctor, right? If you're sick in your mind, you also need to go to the doctor. So that I, I can't, I look back now and I took the advice of someone. Someone told me, you need to make a therapist appointment now. And I was like, okay. Cause she's like, if you're, you know, crying and can't get out of bed, you're not going to be thinking about going to the therapy, going to the therapist. She's like, you need to do it now while you are still like somewhat functional. So that was the best advice I ever got was setting up therapy appointments and just making sure that I am taking care of my mind. I think that's awesome. I think everyone, everyone needs a therapist at least one part in one part of their life, you know, and like good on you for, for just seeking help right away. Cause I feel like a lot of people, they put like their ego first and they think that it's something they can handle by themselves. And like that type of grief, it, it, I don't think it is something we, we should have to handle by ourselves. No, and I was talking about this with my friend today at lunch at work. And we were talking about how as Christians, I feel like we're not allowed to be anxious. We're not allowed to be warriors. We're not, you know, it's almost like, well, at least in my mind, like, I feel like pressure, like, oh, you struggle with anxiety, then you must not trust God enough. You're not praying hard enough. You're not doing that, you know? And so I feel like that is such a stigma of mental health within the Christian community, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I never even thought about that, but it's, that's so true, especially within the Christian community. Yeah. Did, did you face any thoughts of like self-doubt or like blame, blame yourself in, I don't know, any point of, of the grieving process? Yes. I really felt like, you know, I really struggled with thinking, did I fight hard enough for my marriage? If I had only done this, would it have turned out differently? Um, you know, was there something that I could have done that could have made it not end up in divorce? Um but, you know, through the work that I've done and through the support groups and therapy, it doesn't really matter. It happens. I can't live in the past because I have to, you, you have a choice. You can either let it dwell and, you know, let it become your part of your present, or you can learn from it and move forward and accept that that is in the past and that happens. Yes but that is not the end of your story. My divorce is not the end of my story. This is the beginning, right? I like that. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good point. That's something I say too every time 
like I have a different struggle in my life. It's like, it's just a different part of my story. Like yeah. a, a, sto- a book would be so boring if everything just went smoothly, you know? Yeah. And God just doesn't, sure. doesn't give us any more than, than we can handle. Absolutely not. And if you look at the characters in the Bible, God doesn't pick the people that are like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm just going to, you know, you know, they're not making waves. They're kind of in the background. No, God doesn't pick those people. God picks the people that are like broken and have major flaws, character flaws, and they're messed up. And he's like, I want you, but you're going to have to do the work so that I can use you. Exactly. Just like David yeah. and Goliath. Like, yeah. if you were to look at them, you'd be like, yep, Goliath is going to win, but little scrawny David won. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, how did this affect your relationship with God? Did you, in, in this situation, did you turn to him right away like you normally would in a hard situation? Or did you turn away with him, away from him because you were upset? I feel like it changed. At first, I was, you know, right there. I was praying. I was journaling. I was lamenting. I was, I, you know, I was just pouring my heart out and crying and just like, why, God, why? And I really did feel like David in his, in his Psalms where he's just like, I can't win, Lord. Like, I'm done. I'm at the end of my rope. I don't, don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, and, you know, that lasted a while. And then I got kind of like, I went through a phase where I was kind of like, screw it. <laughs> like, I just want to do what makes me feel good at that moment and what makes me happy. And then I kind of like backslid and was not, I mean, backslid in the sense that where I wasn't like pursuing God as much or in line with what God's plan had for me and, um, you know, just not pursuing my relationship. But, you know, that phase only lasted for a little bit until, until I really kept, I just had a moment where I was having a hard day and I was driving to work and I remember thinking and praying to God and saying, I don't know what's next, Lord. I'm, I'm alone. I had my whole world turned upside down. Not only did I lose a husband, but I lost a chance of a family. We were um, on the list. We, you know, any day we could have gotten a foster child. Um, I lost that. Um, I was just like, you told me that you wanted me to be a mom. And I don't know what's the plan. Um, I'm alone now. And so what is your plan? And I remember just praying and like, just, just being so upset. And I, and you know how people say they hear from God and it definitely was so clear and almost audible. And I don't want to say audible at the risk of saying, like feeling that I'm crazy, (laughs) hearing voices, but it was definitely so clear that he reminded me that he has a plan for me. He has a plan. And he told me, I have a plan. Trust in me. And so that really just kind of like was like, okay, I need to seek. And then I started thinking that um, I really, I really needed to seek him to figure out what that plan was, right? 
so yeah, I really felt like God really put that on my heart and made it very clear that he had a plan for me and not to worry and just trust in his plan for me and to seek him and that he would make that plan um, unfold. But, you know, me being me, like type A, I was like, but I want the whole plan. I need to know now. Tell me now. I know it's so hard not to know. And I know a lot of people say that, that it's easy to like trust in God and pray to God, like when you're going through those easy times. But I also don't think it's that hard to trust in God during the hard times in the very beginning. You know, you're like, oh, I'm going through a hard time. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to pray to him. But then it's like when, like you're saying, when you don't get the full plan or you don't get the answer right away and it takes time and patience. I think, I think that's when it gets hard. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So with you being a perfectionist, do you think that, um, I know you said that you felt like this was something you could fix. Was that because of your perfectionist side? Or do you think that you being a perfectionist did or didn't affect how you handled the divorce? Um, so I'll say this. I, um, I didn't really get a chance to make anything different. Um, So that wasn't an option, but I will say this. My first instinct when we separated was, what can I do? What can I do to make this so that that we're not separated? Um, And I really felt like that was, and with the therapy and support groups I'm going to, I've learned that this is part of my codependency. And I've learned that, often and this is not this it can you know this can't this is not the case for everybody but for me I've learned that my codependency and my perfectionism perfectionism is a symptom um it's a symptom of how I was raised and what my household was like when I was younger um these are my coping mechanisms I felt out of control sometimes in my childhood and so to counteract that I wanted to control everything and I wanted to I wanted to control my grades I wanted to control um you know be the perfect daughter and you know just be the good one and um that was my coping mechanism of the chaos that was going on around me um so that definitely translated into my marriage and I feel like when this happened, that was my first instinct was, what can I do to save this? You know, we can work through this. It's okay. Like, you know, I, you know, I was almost like, okay, you know, we're going to get past this. Um, But I didn't really get a chance. uh, The way that things unfolded, I didn't really get a chance to do that. Um, I always felt also within my marriage that I always felt like I had to be, the good wife and the good daughter-in-law and, you know, be at every family function and have a smile on my face at every family function and be, you know, bubbly and just like, you know, that's what people expected of me and that's what I delivered. But I I see now that those were things that I put on myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I didn't, like no one, I don't, I think you could probably ask anyone in our family, like no one probably expected any of that of me, (laughs) but that was just how I, 
I felt like I needed to do that or else things would be out of control. I, I, and this is the thing that I struggle with too, with my relationship with God is, you know, they say your relationship with God often, um, corresponds with your relationship with your earthly parents or your earthly father. Um, and so I felt like I have trust issues and I don't trust that things are going to be taken care of. So I have to take care of them. And that's what, you know, and that's what I, you know, that's kind of what at first was when the divorce happened, I was like, okay, this is just something we're going to manage and something we're going to take care of, but I didn't end up being that way, which, and I'll add this is which I just recently had a breakthrough that if I hadn't gone through this, I would still be deep in my codependency and perfectionism. I would still be on the floor like just not just letting you know struggling and letting things happen and and trying to control everything i would not have had this uh, had this opportunity to grow as a person and to come out of these come out of these strongholds and i really do feel like there are strongholds of the enemy because god doesn't want us to live like this you know, like these are not things of God. Um, these are definitely, I feel like sometimes are strongholds of the enemy for sure. Yeah. And I know that like you saying how you want to be in control of everything and you want, um, you want to please others, but these are pressures that you put on yourself. So have you established um, more boundaries? I think that perfectionists, we have a hard time just establishing boundaries because we do want to please everyone. And I know this is probably something you wouldn't have even thought of or realized until you went to therapy. So have you started establishing your boundaries? For sure. So where do I start? Okay. So for my boundaries with my friends, I have had to establish boundaries with all relationships. Boundaries are very important with any type of relationship. Um, boundaries with my friends I've had to realize that uh I do not have to make myself available 24 7 to my friends I do not have to go out of my way run myself ragged to help my friends um and setting those boundaries and saying no is so hard for me so hard um, I actually just recently, I'm, so these, these are definitely things in progress. I'm not here to like, I'm perfect now. I need to do these, but, um, these are work in progress. But one thing I put on my phone that I'm so happy for you iPhone users, there is a do not disturb function that you can turn on between certain hours and you do not have to see any text messages. You don't have to see any phone calls. And that has helped so much because, you know, with someone, you know, when you're going through these, um, through these phases in life and you, you go to support groups and you meet other people that are going through the similar things, oftentimes we rely on each other, rely on each other. And that's great. And that's what we're there for. But sometimes as, a, you know, I'm at Enneagram too. I don't know if you've taken the Enneagram test. Mm-hmm. So I'm an Enneagram too. So my, my first nature is to be the heat, the helper, right? So of course I'm going to answer the phone call at 10 PM and talk to you for an hour when you're going through 
know, you're, you know, someone's going through a divorce, they need to talk to someone. I'm like, okay, yeah, I was there. I can talk to you. Yeah, no problem. But then I found myself being depleted and not being able to um, take care of my own mental health and my own recovery. So yeah, definitely that has been a blessing turning on the do not disturb. Um, boundaries with my parents. That one is still definitely in progress. And I feel like, especially with, with divorce and my mom, um, you know, it's a mom's nature to want to help their children. And when they see their children hurting, they want to, you know, just be involved and try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've definitely had to set at the beginning, it was more at the beginning of my divorce when, you know, my mom just was like, so heartbroken for me. And I really had to tell her, like, I, I don't want to talk about my divorce 24 seven. Like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just want to cry or I just want to scream and yell or, you know, I just want to sit here and zone out and watch TV. And, um, so yeah, so definitely boundaries with my parents still working on. Um, and recently, because I'm single now, um, I just recently read a book called Boundaries and Dating and learning how to, you know, navigate those waters, you know, eventually once the world opens up and, you know, everyone's fully vaccinated. But, um, you know, navigating those waters and in reading that book, I realized that I didn't have good boundaries in dating when I was younger. I mean, I'm 37 and being single, well, I'll be 37 in May, but being single at, at this age is different beast than, you know, when you're 20 or 21 and, you know, there's just so much more layers and, you know, so that book definitely is by Dr. Cloud. And Dr. Cloud does a ton of stuff on boundaries. And so I really enjoyed that. Um, Just kind of really learning when, you know, when to say no and what are my, what are my hard, you know, lines that I need to draw when it comes to dating? What am I looking for in a partner? You know, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, all of those things. So I'm glad I'm learning this now. And, you know, mm-hmm. COVID has kind of been a blessing that I've been able to do all of this work because I don't think if it wasn't for the quarantine, I don't think that I would have made as good of choices. <laughs> I probably would have made some really bad choices being out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I know. Thank goodness for quarantine. Who thought we'd be saying that? So yeah. a boundary this, I'm actually really curious about this because you talk about um, all these boundaries that you had to set. I remember in the very beginning when the separation first happened that the, all of your in-laws, all, you know, um, your ex's side of the family, we still wanted you to come to all the family functions. You know, we still, still love you. Yeah. We still wanted you to be a part of it. And I remember in the beginning, which would still like still now it would, it's hard to, see his family and to know that you he might be there but I'm sure you felt the need to please to please everyone because we all love you we wanted to see you so I'm curious what your mindset was then in the beginning and then now that your boundaries are more established yeah so I'm gonna try really hard not to cry studying boundaries it's okay just take a minute 
those boundaries were part of the, one of the hardest things that I ever had to do because I mean you guys were my family for so long and I had to grieve the loss of that as well and but I think I it was something that I had to do that was necessary because I felt like I wasn't able to move forward in my healing mm-hmm. if I was being constantly reminded that it's not anything or any specific person or any you know any specific thing that they would do it was just the reminder that Mm -hmm. you know my marriage was over and um so yeah so that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do was set boundaries because you guys are my family and I hope and you know my prayer my prayer is one day that I will it won't be such a hard dynamic mm-hmm. to for me to be part of your family again but I think that it's definitely doable and you know I think God God can do more math you know, miraculous reconciliations. And mm-hmm. I think that it's definitely, uh, if, if it's God's will, I think that it will happen. Um, it's just the dynamic right now is just too, too painful. And yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the hard thing, like with boundaries, cause there's like different perceptions, you know, like I know our whole side of the family, we just wanted you to know that like you were still loved and we still wanted you around. And then you have to make the decision of being around. So it was like you were accepting the invitation. But I feel like in situations like that, you just need to put your mental health first. And I think people need to remember that yeah. they they need to put their mental health first. Yeah. And it's okay to say no. And, you know, in my divorce, in my divorce support group, we talk about this, like, um, you know, things are, things are different and change is hard for everybody. And I feel like, you know, your family grieved the loss of me and Mm -hmm. your family is dealing with whatever, you know, his side is going through and it's just hard, a situation for everybody. So yeah, it's okay to say no, it's okay to not come, you know, pretend like everything is the same because it's not the same. And um, the holiday season sucks. Um, the holidays were especially hard. Um, but yeah. So, so then what did, what is your main focus right now? I know you said it's been, it's been a year since you guys have, have been separated. The divorce has been final. Um, so like, what is your, your main focus right now? What are your next steps? Are you ready to get back out there? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, for my, for putting the relationship stuff aside for me personally um I'm going back to get my master's degree in the fall so I'm going to seminary to get my master's in divinity so that I can lead the women's ministry at my church Um, I'm already kind of leading it but I kind of wanted like that extra title and Mm -hmm. and get that education so that I can be the best leader possible um so that's starting to fall. I'm super excited. Like I love school, love, love, love school. And then you add on, uh, you know, the super Bible nerd that I am. Like, I just like, I eat, eat it up. Um, 
I love studying, you know, the context and what was going on in the world when Jesus was walking the earth. And it's just so fascinating to me. So yeah, so that's starting the fall. Um, I've just been focusing on my healing and remembering who I am, um, trying new things. Uh, I started boxing. That is so <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> today, today was this morning was my third class. Um, I'm still overwhelmed, <laughs> but it's great. The teacher is awesome. He's like super, super patient. And it's basically me and a bunch of giant buff guys just like, you know, boxing the hell out of these mats and these bags. And I'm just like, jab, <laughs> jab. <laughs> But it's been fun, and it's just so it's so interesting how physical activity really I can't stress this enough. Move your body, move your body. The mind body connection is huge. If you are not moving your body and taking care of your body, your mind is not going to be healthy. And if you're not taking care of your mind, your body's going to feel it, right? So you know, the mind body connection is so huge. And just if you can find something to keep yourself active, especially during times where you are really struggling with grief or with, you know, you know, there's going to be days where you don't want to get out of bed and that's okay. But don't let, don't let it go long, right? Don't let, don't stay there. You have to move your body, fake it, fake it. Even if you have to just walk around the block, just mm-hmm. do something to keep to get your blood pumping to get the endorphins going um it's just so important so that boxing has been that for me i'm just like so obsessed and the way i feel after i feel like i can punch anybody and I can <laughs> take on the world i mean i like legit went into work this morning and i was like yeah let's take on this day um yeah, so just find something that makes you, you move your body and makes you feel good. And so, yeah, so that's when I'm working on that. Um, I'm, you know, super involved with my church, Sweetwater Community Church in Bonita. Uh, we're really trying to grow our ministries and um, I'm focusing on the women's ministry. Um, so upcoming, um, I'm not sure when this is going to be airing, but we have um, some events coming up in May. And um, also, I'm hoping to plan a women's conference in October at our church, or right around that time, fall. Um, it will be like, um, I'm, I really wanted to be focusing on how to heal from pain, from trauma, or from any kind of, um, you know, setback that you may have had. I want to focus on healing your mind, healing your body. And healing your soul, because I think that those are so important in getting past these, you know, these events that happen in your life, and they all correlate with one another. And definitely your, you know, your spiritual walk, and your mental health, and your physical health are all so important when you're going through that. Exactly. And all has to do like with wellness. There's not just one point of wellness. There's so many. So I like that you're saying to get out, like get your blood pump and just get some steps in because it really will make you feel better. 
But it's true. Like some days you do just need to lay in bed and do nothing. Like it's so important to feel your feelings. Like let let yourself feel your feelings and then move on. Because if you just hold them in, that's something I have a hard time with. I don't let myself feel my feelings. I just try to like get up and go. And it's just not healthy. You know, it it builds up inside of you. But Mm -hmm. you need to feel your feelings and then move on. Take your next Mm -hmm. step. Mm-hmm. Don't be a stuffer. That's what I call people who stuff their feelings. Don't be a stuffer. I mean, I feel like though, but there's pressure to do that. There's pressure to be, I think as women, we get labeled emotional and, you know, as you know, we get labeled um, crazy or, oh, you're just PMSing, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, like I have like legit feelings and yeah, I may have more homo- hormones than you, but it's so important and you know getting those feelings out whether it's talking to someone journaling finding a support group um praying um god god cares even about you know i stubbed my toe god cares about that you know like you can you can do that and that's just i love about i love about the god that we serve is he knows every piece of us and he knows every emotion that we're going through. God is an emotional God. I mean, if you look at Jesus and his ministry, he showed a lot of emotion. Um, and some emotion is healthy. And I, not all emotion is bad. So don't be afraid to share. You know, don't be afraid to get those emotions out. Acknowledge them. Say, hello, I'm scared. Um, and then you figure out, you know, why am I scared? And, you know, just that inner looking inward is so important. And I think a lot of people are scared to look inward or don't have, don't have the, the foresight to look inward. Um, but even if it's just a quick check-in with yourself in the morning, like, how am I feeling? And then acknowledging that that is just so important. That's really helped me. So is there anything that I haven't covered that you want to address? Another thing that I've realized in like my healing journey of, you know, being a perfectionist and being, you know, a recovering perfectionist is that we live in a broken world and we are broken people. And we're going to do dumb things and we're going to be stupid and make bad decisions. But we have to realize that that is not our, that is not our, we're not defined by that. Mm -hmm. And Jesus came, Jesus was perfect, right? We learned um, in one of my Bible studies, we were um, learning about, I think it was the book of Ephesians that we're going through and it talks about, um, you know, Moses being the better Jesus and Moses, Moses did a lot of great things, but Jesus kind of completed what Moses was trying to do. And Jesus was the perfect Moses and he came down and it was in that moment too, that we were reading this, my friend turned to me and was like, yeah, Jesus was perfect so that I don't have to be. Jesus was perfect so that I don't have to be. Jesus came on this earth to die for our sins, past, present, and future. 
they're all forgiven. The blood that he shed on that cross covered all of them. So for you to sit here and worry about, oh, I'm going to mess up tomorrow. Like, no, that's just stealing your joy from today. That's Mm -hmm. just stealing your joy from today. That's not how God wants us to live. And, but that all, the caveat to that is that it doesn't allow us to do whatever we want to do, right? It doesn't allow us to keep messing up or not learn from our mistakes and you can either learn from it or let it define you and you have to learn from it because God calls us to learn from it. God calls us to go and sin no more, right? The woman, the woman that was about to be stoned and Jesus looked her in the eye and said, where are your condemners? Because they all ran away when they, Jesus called them out. They all ran away. But Jesus was perfect. Jesus could sit there and say, I, I have the power to end you right now. But he looks her in the eye and says, I do not condemn you. But go and sin no more. Like, look, I, you're looking God in the eyes. Like, I am the Messiah. You're looking God in the eyes right now. And he's not punishing you. He's giving you grace and mercy and love over and over and over and over again. That's just so, like, I just, it makes my mind kind of mush when I think about the grace and the mercy and the love that God for us, that God has for us. And, you know, we serve this just lovely God and like, it's so cool. Um, But yeah. That we can't God. have grace for ourselves you know god is perfect and he has all this grace for us and then we're so incredibly hard on ourselves yeah yeah so don't worry you're not going to say the right thing at the right time you might piss your husband off and but that's okay i mean look we're human we live in a broken world and we're gonna we're gonna say stupid stuff but we have to remember that God loves us and remember who we are and yeah, give ourselves grace. (sighs) I'm just so grateful to be able to talk about it and Mm -hmm. be able to not be afraid anymore. And, you know, like I don't have to be ashamed. Yeah. Divorce is not something to be ashamed about. Divorce is not, you know, and, and as perfectionists, we think, Oh, great. Just another failure. My marriage failed. I screwed it up. But no, like it takes two. There's two parties involved here. And at the end of the day, it's a marriage. Your, Your marriage ended. That is not who you are. Um, that is not all you are. Your marriage should not be your whole should not be your whole focus right um jesus only gave us two commandments that's love god and love each other and that's what our focus should be not you know it's like not we shouldn't put our marriage above god and it's definitely you know if you're married like that's important but god is more important and sometimes i think at least i forgot that when I was first married I definitely forgot that and made you know I forgot to bring God into our marriage more um so that's my only advice is to 
to remember who you are. First and foremost, you're a child of God. And that is your only to-do list is to love God and love others. And if you're winning at that, then you're winning. You're not a failure, right? <laughs> right. And I think we, a lot of people, like we put our identity into the wrong things. Like even like putting our identity into marriage, like I feel like people think that's what you're supposed to do. But just like you said, like God's, God comes first. Like we should be putting our identity in, in him. Like our identity is God and that we are God's child. It shouldn't be like this career or this yeah. relationship or something else. Cause all that can be taken away from us. Amen. Yep. Our relationship with God cannot be taken away from us. Nope. Is there anything, anything you want to, like any advice you want to give someone going through a similar situation? I would just say surround yourself, surround yourself with people who are going to love you and not judge you. Get your support system fast um, and definitely take care of your mental health. Go to therapy. Um, but yeah, just for me, honestly, I don't think I would have made it through this if it wasn't for God. If it wasn't for my faith and it wasn't for my relationship with God, I don't know how people survive these kinds of events in their life and a lot of people you know and I forgot to talk about this but a lot of people will struggle with um, addiction and they will turn to drugs and alcohol and you know when they when they're trying to control something you know and they don't want to feel it they just numb out they numb out with drugs they numb out with alcohol they numb out with um, shopping um, food uh, they numb out with gambling but recognize your vices. And one thing that I realized too in this recovery is I, alcoholism runs in my family. And so I was really struggling with my relationship with alcohol. And I really had to, I had to quit drinking because it was just was not healthy. Um, so tomorrow is day 90. Heck day yeah. 90 of, of no alcohol. Um, I feel like my mind is clear. I can focus more. Um, and you know, what's funny is like God, God had put that on my heart to quit drinking a long time ago, but I never really listened to him. I was just like, well, it's fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I really, um, you know, use that as a crutch for sure when well because if you think about it I had literally just moved into my apartment on my own in February COVID happened in March I am you know still going through a divorce I'm alone and I can't go anywhere I can't see anyone and so what am I going to do just sit at home and drink and that's not healthy and that did not help my mental state either. And, you know, my anxiety was out of control. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you really have to recognize and recognize what your relapse is. Recognize what you, your go-to is that's stopping you from recovery, that's stopping you from, you know, getting those healthy feelings out and dealing with them and, um, be mindful. I guess that's my, the biggest takeaway that I could give anyone is 
be mindful of what you're feeling. Because if you have the ability to sit down and say, I'm feeling angry because X, Y, and Z, then you're already two steps ahead in the game. You've recognized it. And just by verbalizing it or writing it down, you probably feel already so much better by just saying, I'm mad. Okay. <laughs> like, be mad. And then just, you know, that's okay. You're mad. And it only lasts, you know, a lot of recognize my cycles. And like, a lot of times, like, I'll be mad for a day. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm not mad anymore. You know, just it's a phase. And so it's hard when you make those bad coping decisions on a momentary feeling because those bad coping mechanisms might stick with you and they might have bad consequences that will last longer than that momentary feeling of sadness or madness, right? Exactly. That's why sometimes when people say they have a bad day, it's you didn't have a bad day, you just had a bad couple minutes, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's why it's so important to recognize it and yeah, be be in tune with yourself, be in tune with your mm-hmm. emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for just opening up and, and sharing everything and just being so vulnerable. And yeah. I just love you so much. I love you too. Yeah. So if anybody wants to reach out um my instagram handle is j sig so it's j s i e g underscore 84 and um if you need connections for support groups i got connections for everything just <laughs> if you're struggling i can point you in the right direction yeah if you uh, need someone to pray for you <laughs> ask just little prayer warrior <laughs> dude how like i just took my spiritual gifts test and I, my number one gift was intercessory prayer. Do you know what intercessory prayer is? No, what's the, inter- I don't know the first word, I know the second one. <laughs> intercessory prayer is so when intercessory, so when you're inter- interceding, um, the Bible talks about Jesus interceding for us with the Father. He prays for us. He goes to the Father on our behalf. So I, I've discovered that when I pray for other people, things happen. And I often sometimes will get Bible verses for people out of the blue and I'll be praying for them. And then, and then I'll be like, okay, I need to pray for this for them. And, um, so that is so funny that you said that because I'm really trying to like lean into that gift for sure. That is so cool. Thanks for telling me that. Cause I'm about to give you a bunch of stuff to pray for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. So yeah. So if anybody needs prayer, they just need someone to talk to, you know, cry with, I am here, and um, any advice, if you need an attorney, I can set you up with an attorney. Yes, there we go. <laughs> if you need someone to beat someone up, um, just boxes, <laughs> so just get a hold of her. Nobody <laughs> 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 trades. That'd be, girl, that's for you, Miss MMA fighter. You're someone that's going to be like, I'm going to be like, call Miranda, she'll beat them up. <laughs> we can beat people up together. I'll beat the normal height people. You can beat all the short people up. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. You You're are welcome. the best. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I really, truly enjoyed this episode with Jess. You know, things just got really deep and vulnerable. And it's just, it's just so good to talk to someone who has just come out on the other end of such a horrible chapter in your life. And she's just come out better than ever 
and you know she survived it and I think it just gives us hope that we can survive any dark days that that we may face in our life. Thank you guys for joining me. Please make sure to like and subscribe. And if you want to post about it on Instagram, that would be awesome. Tag me at this is Miranda Lee. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Oh, <laughs>